The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrook. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, September 26th, 2016, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hits ABC series' casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-hosts for tonight's season premiere broadcast. First up, it's Brittany Garcia. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be back and talk about all the sexy people in Once Upon a Time, as well as, well, you know, well, basically Hook. But anyways, I'm so excited to be back. It was a long four months. I always forget that we have September, so I was dying, but we're here and I'm ready to rock and roll. I love that you're ready to rock and roll. Next up, it's Katie. Hey guys, oh my goodness, it feels so so good to be back it's been a long time it feels like it went when it was during the hiatus it felt like it was going really fast but now that we finally have it back it felt like it took forever and i'm so happy that it's back and i cannot wait to talk to you guys about it all right now and last but not least it's priscilla rocha oh my god we have passed the show hole we are alive. The drought is over. We are in the oasis that is once upon a time. I'm ready to get back to it. Glad to be back. All right, now. I'm excited that we're back as well. It didn't feel as long as it did for Brittany, but it, it felt it felt kind of fast, in my opinion, that we're, we're back. We're better than ever. We're here to talk about one of our favorite shows. And uh, I'm here for it. So let's get into it for the very first time this season. Let's jump into our recap of Season 6, Episode 1, which was titled The Savior and aired on September 25th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Our heroes set out to stop Hyde. Emma develops a mysterious side effect, and Storybrooke becomes a haven for refugees from the land of untold stories. Meanwhile, Regina and Zelina embrace their newfound sisterhood by becoming roommates, while Rumpel tries to free Belle from the sleeping curse with the help of a stranger. In Flack, Jafar confronts an afflicted Aladdin in Agrabah, and a secret about the savior 
is revealed. Boom, 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 boom. All right, let's get into it. I want to get everyone's initial reaction to the season premiere of season six of Once Upon a Time. And we'll start off with Katie. Well, I really, really enjoyed the episode. Um, I just felt like it was well-paced, and we got a lot of really great scenes between all of our uh, core cast, as well as getting a taste, a good taste of our kind of new guest stars, which was really cool. Um, I just, I don't even know. I just, I really liked it. I thought that they put it together well. Um, I watched it again today and without having commercials in there, it really just fit together really well. So I just really, really enjoyed it. Now, Katie, did you really like it or did you really, really like it? <sighs> I really, really, really liked it. All right now. Like... Uh-huh. <laughs> Extra emphasis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Brittany, did you really like it? Did you really, really, did you really, 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 really like it? I think I have to go with one really. Okay. Um. <laughs> You'll save the others I... for later. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know, but from what we saw right now, it looks really good. Um, <laughs> see, really? Not really, really, but really good. <laughs> Katie started something. I love that. I love that. By the by, the number of reallys, you can tell how much we like it. Um, I, I thought it was quite good. I think the reason why I don't have any more reallys except that one is just because the finale was good. It was solid. But it didn't have that, that cliffhanger of, like, someone in trouble or... You know, someone dying, like, um, oh my gosh. The, the season four finale, where I think it left me, like, really, really, uh, really sad, <laughs> but excited because of what was going to happen to, to, to Emma, that she was, what was happening with the dark one, and also, like, it was hypey in that sense, in, in that word, if you want to, I couldn't think of another word for that, but yeah, so this one, it was just kind of like, hides in town, and he's sexy, he's bringing sexy back. Uh, cause Robin's <laughs> gone. So, you know, I was like, damn, you hot. So you're coming in here and what are you going to do? Like, I'm interested, but I wasn't like all hyped up, but the first episode delivered. I felt interested. I was excited and I want to know where we're going. So overall it was quite good. Okay. See, I see, I saw what you did there at the end. <laughs> that was really good. All right, Priscilla, on the oh, realies, uh, where do you fall on the really scale that uh, Katie apparently started? Okay, so there's one really, two really, and three really. Yes. I am three reallys. Ooh. I am so fucking glad something that I've been waiting for five seasons for happened. And th this, like, I'm pretty, like, vocal when I'm watching Once Upon a Time, but there was a part... Where like the hotness got like, oh, like overwhelmed me, and I was like, oh god, what the hell? Like, oh my! Watching this, like, oh my god, this is it's too good. Three reallys. Really? All right now. Instead of three apples, three reallys. I like. That. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. I really 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 liked it as well i thought it was a very strong season premiere especially since they're trying to do something different this season whereas like we don't have the two arcs per season so they're going to 
like expand the storyline till full season a la season one and sort of season two although season two kind of had like multiple arcs in my opinion but uh that's a whole another story for a whole another day so they're definitely trying to go back and throw back it to like season one which is awesome i think i think we all agree like season one was uh, excellent and and we love uh, sort of like the um the small town stories and like the bigger villainous arcs and the introduction of new characters and the recurring characters and all that kind of stuff so as a whole like i really thought that the episode was a strong episode i like that we're getting into the savior mythology i enjoyed all the new characters so far and uh, I'm excited to see what's to come. I, I love that we sort of got a like tease of the past and a tease of the future in this premiere installment. So a lot of teasing, which Brittany loves. All right. So before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Once Upon a Time, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Follow us on Tumblr, Storybrooke Weekly Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chula Radio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. So a really quick shout out to the opening title card sequence, which featured Jafar riding his magic carpet through the forest. So let's get into the flashback because there was there were like no flashbacks in the episode. There weren't like any character-centric flashbacks. We started off with just a flashback. And the flashback happened many, many, many years ago. Well, maybe not many, many, but many years ago. And we see Jafar chasing a man across the desert towards Aladdin's uh, abode. And uh, the man enters it, and uh, we see sort of like a haggard Aladdin, a weak Aladdin. And the man is like, you know, we need your help. We need your help. You need to help us. You need to help us. There's a young woman there, and she basically says, no, no, we're not going to help you. And... Uh, then Jafar enters, and uh, the man gets killed, and the girl gets tossed uh, across the room, and Jafar starts taunting Aladdin about failing as a savior, and basically is like, you know, I knew you back in the day when you were but a street rat, and, uh, you know, while you did harm to me and whatnot, I had some respect for you, but I don't even have respect for you anymore. And we see Aladdin, his his, his um, hands are, like, trembling, and Jafar is like, well, you know, you should have known that saviors never get happily ever afters and, and that kind of thing. And, 
yeah, so that's pretty much the point of the, the flashback. So, let's talk all about the flashback. Let's save the woman, the girl, for later. Because I have a feeling that we're going to get into a much deeper conversation about her later on in the episode. So let's focus on Aladdin and Jafar. And technically, not to steal the title of a Disney animated sequel, it is the return of Jafar. Because uh, we're (laughs) now seeing Jafar in the mothership. It is... uh, a casting switch you know there they had to change actors but uh, Jafar has now joined the mothership beam him up Scotty so let's talk about Jafar and Aladdin and what we learned about the savior and the fact that saviors will never live happily ever after Katie take it okay well that I you know what I saw the sneak peek like, right when it came out at Comic-Con. And I liked it just as much as I liked it then. Like, it just... Mm. They really did a good job putting it together and adding mystery to it. Um, and I think that they did a fabulous job recasting Jafar. Like, if you're going to have to recast somebody, especially a fan favorite like Naveen Andrews, who played Jafar in Wonderland... Uh, do they did do a good job like they did with this like they did such a good job i think this guy portrays him jafar very well and i'm really looking forward to seeing him in more episodes and seeing what else he brings to the table um but i really i really like that they're delving into the savior mythology this season and I love how Aladdin is a savior and how he went through the same thing that Emma appears to be going through. So it's just, it's really interesting and it adds like this whole different mysterious aspect to the show. Um, Like last year we learned a lot about the dark ones, which is something that people were curious about for a really long time. And now this, it's not something that I actually thought of I just thought that they titled Emma as the savior you know as kind of just like an ironic that's what she is type thing not Mm. like a the savior is actually something that's happened before people have been Mm -hmm. yeah exactly that more people have been uh so I I'm very very interested in this and I think that this is going to be one of my favorite plot lines throughout this season Nice. Uh, what about you, Priscilla? What did you think of the opening shot, the introduction of Aladdin, and the return of Jafar? All right, I love Naveen. Don't get me wrong; like we've talked about this in like our last podcast, which you also check out the Wonderland podcast. I loved this actor. Wig choices aside, like he's great. The wig choices but were ex- were spectacular. <laughs> This new guy, he's like new hotness. I'm like, wow, you're pretty. Damn. Okay. And then I'm like, if he's pretty, Aladdin is going to be like brilliant. And he kind of looks like the street rap version from the beginning. So I'm like, I'm waiting for him to be nice and polished up. But you can see why. And now it kind of makes sense that like Emma's been looking kind of like more tired. Like, and from what I heard, Jennifer Morrison works really like in sync with the costume designers to see what Emma like looks like and like what she wears throughout the season. So like 
I don't know, maybe she knew about this from the get-go. Like, it, it ties everything together so well. And it's giving me, like, insight into what's going on. And it kind of breaks my heart just the teeniest bit because I remember on the ship to Neverland, Hook said, after Regina asks, like, do villains not get happy endings? Like, then all of our, like, life's work is for naught. And he looks at her. So if the savior doesn't get a happy ending and his happy ending is a savior, we don't get one for Hook either. And we already didn't see Regina get her happy ending. So that's sad. I, I, I'm hoping that this isn't the, this isn't the case, that this prophecy isn't true. Yes, I hope so too. I, I guess we will see and find out. Brittany, who's uh, yearning for a gold star... Please let me know what you thought of our new Jafar, because I know that you loved uh, the previous Jafar from Once Upon a Time in Wonderland's wig choices, and, uh, well, the wigs in, in particular. So, we didn't see a wig this time, because uh, he was wearing uh, a, um, I don't know what you would call that, a, someone give it to me. Headpiece. There you go, a headpiece, turban type of thing. <laughs> Katie, thanks for helping. And uh, you're welcome. <laughs> yes. So, so Brittany, you know, are you excited? You know, anticipating wigs? Yes. Okay. I'm hoping he. I'm hoping he doesn't keep a headpiece the entire time. But uh, if that's his wardrobe, then make it look good. He looked good in this in this uh, in his first appearance. I really liked that. I think. Uh, the production quality and the CGI looks really good compared to once with uh, um, our first Jafar on the magic carpet. <laughs> but I mean, for nostalgia purposes, I know I love both actors so far. I've, I love both, but um, yes, I love Naveen's hair and the wardrobe. But um, with this opening scene, uh, I thought it was awesome. Like, Katie, I did watch the clip. I couldn't resist. I usually try not to watch anything of previews or release, you know, in the press because I just want to go in there just not knowing a thing and being like pleasantly surprised. So I did watch it and it was the first scene and I still liked watching it again. It was fine. Um, I I don't know what to expect here. Like, I, I don't know... Because that was the only uh, flashback we had in the episode. So I don't know what to expect. Like, is Jafar going to be the, the big bad of the, of the entire season? Is he working with Hyde? Like, I don't know, like, what connection we're going to get with the flashbacks or this one that we had. But I'm, I'm, I'm really interested. Like, Aladdin is a savior in his world and he failed? Like, what happened there? I, I'm, I'm actually really, really interested to see what happened and where the hell is jasmine like what like did they have they not met yet did they is she dead i mean <gasps> are the theories are in my head already and that's how you know that they did a really good job in this premiere nice so uh, i'm gonna try not to echo what everyone said or to, to to repeat it at least uh but i thought it was a really interesting uh introduction like i had seen the teaser as well i'm kind of mad that they didn't like do a little a couple of changes or like show us a little bit more than what we had seen but i thought it was a strong opening i like that they are opening up the savior mythology which uh, much like uh, i think all of you like i never never thought that the saviors would have a mythology i thought like emma was 
the savior so I like that there are other characters out there and potentially other characters that we know their stories to that might be considered saviors in their own lands so I, I think that's really interesting and uh, I wasn't sure if I was gonna like Jafar either because of the recasting but Oded Fair is awesome in anything he does and so I wasn't really worried that he wouldn't do a good job but it's just you know I, I thought you know I was gonna see Naveen in the role but I, I don't like I see Oded and and I like him and I think he's going to be a really good and menacing Jafar much like Naveen was and uh, I guess maybe what they're trying to do with this Jafar is uh, kind of like mirror him to how he was in the movie because I'm trying to think did we ever see his hair in the movie I think he always had the headpiece on Headdress. I never saw the the DVD like well the the VHS releases to, so I don't know whether he lost the headpiece there, but I know for sure like in the first one he doesn't ever lose like the turban, like at all ever. Yeah. Even when he's a genie. Yeah, and and I can't remember the sequels. I I have the Return of Jafar, and I know I've seen it many times, but it's been a long time, so. I don't remember either. So let's get into the actual storyline. And what I want to do is, since Rumple kind of has his own adventure separate from anyone else, everyone else, uh, let's talk about Rumple. And so Rumple ends up following Hyde's instructions. And uh, we learn that Gold is to visit the Temple of Morpheus because there he'll be able to use this magical sand to enter Bell's dream world. And uh, once he enters the dream world, he'll be able to wake her up. So we see the adventure. We see the uh, Minecraft CGI for the temple, which is spectacular. Right, Katie. Katie loves. <laughs> it was. It was one. Katie thing. loves Minecraft. Oh yeah, I play it all the time. Yeah. Yes. All the time. And uh, we see Rumple use the sand, sprays it on Bell, sprays it all over the place, and so he enters Bell's dream world. And in the dream world, we are introduced to Morpheus, and Morpheus like, you know, I am Morpheus. You know, you have but an hour to free Bell from her sleeping curse, and if you don't free her from the sleeping curse, then she will be returned to the fiery pits of uh, the sleeping curse. And so we see that Bell is reliving her experiences as Rumpelstiltskin's servant in his castle, and. Uh, Rumple tells Morpheus, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to recreate the circumstances under which we fell in love. And she kissed me. And this is going to, you know, wake her up and remind her about me and all this kind of stuff. Can I ask? Yes. Like, is it weird that I'm so, like, scarred over their relationship and its ups and downs and stuff that when he says, I'm going to make her fall in love with me, a part of, like, my spine just kind of tingles and, like, and not in the good way, in the, oh, that's a creepy thing to say. Like, if it's not reciprocated, the, I'm going to make you fall in love with me again is just kind of weird. It is, but, yeah, and, but it's very rumple, in my opinion. So it, it's uh, like he never really learns, and which is kind of it's sad. It's very character. 
Yeah, it's very in character of Rumple, but I get what you're saying, Priscilla, because I felt the same way. I'm like, man, you gotta go in her dream to convince her to love you again. Like, I don't know how, like, further down you can go. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, that's pretty bad. But I guess from their perspective, they're trying to get, like, this romantic notion that he's gonna come and get her. And because their love was so epic, I hate using that word. When I use epic, that means I don't like the love story. That they wanted, um... <laughs> They wanted, um, they they wanted to recreate all those beautiful memories of the reasons why we, because I know we all liked Rumbell at one point in time, See. and we did like the dance, we did like how they fell in love, and it was, and it's a little, you know, a little trope that we see in some TV shows where it's the beast, the Beauty and the Beast, and the Beauty, you know, opens him up and he becomes a little bit kinder, but it's like this has just, I don't know, it's all weird, but. Either way, it was nice to see Belle in that beautiful dress. Um, it did a lot of nostalgia from season one and the previous seasons, and it was really nice. But I think all of us, we, we weren't fooled. We were like, no, no, <laughs> no. And I was afraid that Belle was going to fall for this. I was so afraid Aww. that she was going to just fall like right back into his arms, which is appealing. I know it is when you when you you know go back with an old flame or something you're just like ah oh, it's beautiful but uh damn and then that twist which you haven't talked about yet but damn well, let's get into it damn. so I, I was uh -huh. distracted all the time saying Morpheus like Morpheus. oh gosh <laughs> fortunately he didn't offer any pills for <laughs> for Rumple so oh God. okay so before though he starts to um to like i guess get his uh, reenacting on rumple does make note of the fact that the castle in which bell has like created her dream world is much more like darker and uh, dingy and, and and creepy than uh, he knows his castle to be and which morpheus is like well you know this is like from her opinion that like that's how she saw the castle when uh, she was experiencing uh, her servitude to you so yeah it, it was really interesting I, I like that you know it's how like the mind works and how the mind remembers things so okay so we have rumple and he's basically starting to recreate everything like you know we see uh, the chipped cup moment but uh the the cup doesn't get chipped so it's a non-chipped cup and then uh, we have them, uh, you know, uh, like, he's like, I'm going to a ball later, you know, help me dance. And she's like, what? And she's like, yes. And so they start dancing, and it's Beauty and the Beast, and it's an instrumental. Angela Lansbury isn't there. But they they're start dancing, and, it, and as they're dancing, um, at, at some point, he transforms her, uh, like, um, you know, her regular bell outfit into like the the golden dress and as they're dancing and whatnot the um the dream world starts like melting and all like the the creepy dark castle parts like turn into like the regular castle and uh, they even share a kiss and we even see it the same way that we saw it when we originally saw the original kiss where it seemed as if the true love's kiss was going to uh, cure rumple of his dark one 
Ness. And so this causes Belle's memories to return, and she pulls back, and then uh, basically she's like, you know, I refuse to repeat the pain that I experienced, and uh, she's like, you know, I'll always love you, but uh, basically I don't love what we've become. And uh, then there's a twist, because time has run out, and Morpheus like, oh, I'm so glad that you said that, because I was worried. And Morpheus reveals himself to actually be Granny. No, to be Gold and Bell's unborn child. And Rumple's like, what? Like, this is a trick. And uh, Morpheus is like, no. Or I should say, quote unquote, Morpheus is like, no. You know, when you sprinkled the sands of Morpheus on uh, my mama, you sprinkled it on her belly, which means that you sprinkled it on me. So I am controlling this dream world. Bum, bum, bum. And. <laughs> and so he's satisfied that Belle, you know, will not resume her relationship with Rumple with Gold. And so he is going to free her with true love's kiss from the sleeping curse. And so he kisses her on her forehead. She wakes up and agrees to return to Storybrooke through a portal that Gold creates, but basically says, you know, I'm returning but I'm not returning with you. So let's talk about that You're twist. Never ever getting back together. Never ever ever. She's gonna be listening to a lot of Taylor Swift. So, did we like the twist? Were we surprised by the twist? Was it a neat twist? I thought for sure once they pulled that Angela Lansbury on a on a record player thing that she was going to come back with him that somehow their kiss in the dream world was going to wake it up and i was just like no we're, we're having this cycle over and over again why and it's revealed that morpheus is like the embodiment of her child and her even her child is kind of pulling a kneel and saying i i see you as my father and i recognize you as such but what you're doing to my mother isn't right. And I can't accept that. I, ca I can't forgive that. We had Neil do that with Mila and his father. And we have the same thing now happening with, uh, with Belle. And I appreciate that. I appreciate before that she figured out what was going on in the dream and said no. And that it was kind of helped by her own son who helped her out of the... Uh, out of the cursed world which I'm, I'm glad too because we need to have our princesses back like we need snow and bell at it again like we it would have sucked that if she would have stayed forever cursed and nobody would have cared and as a side really snide note he should have given her the library that freaking always works when you give like bell a library she feels happy <laughs> ha! that's more romantic than recreating how you guys fell in love in a dream world Bell loves books, and that's the thing, right? He, If he loves her, he should know her inside and out, and he should give her the things that are going to make her happy. Slowly rebuild something, you know, but he keeps, you know, ruining it, and his son... Man, his son's not even born yet, and he already hates him, like... <laughs> yeah, that was really funny, and very sad at the same time. I'm like, you lost your one child, and now, now you, like, lost a child before he even pops out the oven. He's like, yeah, and he, he doesn't even... He, he, I don't even, I don't even know, man. I just, 
this kid is like well beyond his years, even though he's, you know, itty bitty in her tummy. But um, I don't. I there, the son gave me a little bit of a weird vibe, though. He felt a little. I don't know. Maybe Rumple deserves it, but there was some kind of like detachment and hostility towards uh, Rumple. Like it kind of felt like a weird like. Oh, what is that? That term, oh, I'm a psychology major and I don't know it. Um, oh, well, it's based on that story where the where the son marries his mother and they have like that weird <laughs> Oedipus Rex. Oh, Rex. Oedipus complex. Yeah, it, I felt a little bit of that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I felt a little bit of that just because he was older or he had the 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 image of being you know an adult and um, yeah. That's what I felt a little bit. I was like, oh, God, is he going to be, like, a mama's boy? And, like, no, daddy teen. <laughs> no, but no, I think that was just, that's just me being <laughs> weird. But I still felt something off there. And I'm like, damn, just when you thought there was not going to be any more Rumble drama, as far as I thought, you know. But there is. And now the child's going to be involved. And damn, it's, it's going to get <laughs> ugly. It's going to get ugly. But I love that Belle uh, didn't fall for anything. And I love that she's taking. She she already knows that Rumple's like bad for her, but her son's telling her, and she's like, you know, I'm gonna take that to heart. My own son tells me to stay away from you, so I'm gonna do it. Like we're going home, but we're not going home together. Like Z snap. I literally did the Z snap while laying down and watching this episode when she said <laughs> that. I was so proud of her. I'm like, please, writers, please do not fail me. If they're gonna bring them, if they're gonna bring them back together, make it worthwhile. And don't regress. You know, let Rumple learn for for once, and let him be somebody that Bell deserves. Because damn, Bell deserves so much better than him at this point. So, <laughs> On know. the plus side, all you Rump Bell fans, you get great things to GIF now. Yeah, like that it's very that true. was pretty. That was yeah. a pretty moment, even if it was like take hollow. out the context. Yeah, take out the context. Yeah, it, it was gorgeous in the song and the dress, and it was quite beautiful. Yeah, and it's like. Finally, Rumble gets like a plot too. It's like they've Bell's kind of been pushed to the side and everything lately, and now they've they had a good portion of this episode, and it it really hasn't been that way in a long time. So, I'm sure, the Rumble fans are really happy about that, which is great. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say that I'm freaking happy that we got the theory that me and my friends. Have been theorizing that Morpheus was their son. Well, technically, and it wasn't a crap. Technically, theory. <laughs> Morpheus isn't their son. Their son was pretending well, to be Morpheus. Well, but yes, you were right about the casting. That's, that's you know, yeah, exactly. Ooh. I was like, frick, yes! I thought it was gonna be like this crack theory, but <laughs> it actually came true. And it was. I thought it was a good twist. We had some dumb people come in our ass box and be like. <laughs> All of the Rumbell people knew that was coming, so that wasn't even a twist. And we're like, That's, you're not the general audience, so chill. Well, damn. But I, I, I would be interested to know I love saucy how the general... Katie. I'm sorry. I'm I love sorry. it. I want to know how the general audience reacted to that, too, because I personally thought it was a really great twist. Like, if you didn't see it coming, like, that would have been, like, a huge shock, so... It would have been interesting to see just how the general audience reacted to it. Yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't expect.
expected. Well, we have the general audience right here. Well, hey. Yes, Brittany, share with us, general audience. Oh, okay. No, see, I didn't expect it, but I did figure it out like a sentence right before he said it. I was like, wait a minute. They're child. And I was like, yeah, I figured it out before he said it. But I, you know, it just, it was just wow. It was really good. I really like that. I, I figured the, the the child has to play a big part in their um in their arc this season, because if it's not about finding their love or finding their way back to each other, it's about finding some kind of compromise where Rumble a oh, Rumble I'm sorry Rumble is able to um to be in his child's life, and I, I'll always support that. I think that he should, but I also think that because it, he is a child and an infant was well, not born yet but he doesn't have any control and but he recognizes in the dream world that his father is not the best so but this is what this shows about right Fa- family relationships and how you can change and if you really love somebody you can change for the better you can still retain some of the, the stuff that makes you you but also you know, get rid of some of those bad tendencies where you keep pushing people away. And I would really like it if uh, Rumpel will do something for his son. Honor Neil, even though you didn't really... Well, he did. He died for him. And then he... Yeah. See, I can't I can't, I can't, can't give anything to Rumpel without going back and being like, well, wait a minute. He did this. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm giving a little bit of faith to the writers to, to really give something to, to Rumpel. Because I know a lot of fans like him. They like him and Belle. And... I like him as a standalone character, but I don't want him to to have these relationships with people and just keep breaking them and hurting people, you know? He can be cold and distant, he doesn't have to be an ass. <laughs> Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. All right now. Damn right, girl. Mm-hmm. Take a sip of my wine right Two there. snaps in a Z form, <laughs> apparently. Gold star. Yes. Brittany, you get a gold star. Brittany. Why not? But uh, the true bit of uh, sort of uh, worthiness is the Poppy Chula Radio PowerPoint. So I'm, I'm just saying, those PowerPoints, okay. those might come back into the okay. mix, Katie, if you behave. One really Dang. should be given to Katie, because like, I didn't figure out that Morpheus is the son. Okay, like, Katie gets nice. five Poppy Chula Radio PowerPoints. Yes. Wow. Clap, clap. Dang. <laughs> Listeners, uh, keep track of them and uh, send us who wins at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> keep like a notepad by your desk or whatever and just keep Exactly. <laughs> All right. So let's get into what's going on in Storybrook, USA. So Emma and Hook are trying to sp- spend some like romantical time together. But uh, the earth is moving, and it's not because of them. So uh, they, they hear a sound from above, and they see a dirigible is uh, flying over Storybrooke. So they follow their friends and uh, basically the rest of the town as they see the dirigible flying through the forest and then uh, Hyde appears and uh, he repeats what we already know. He's the new owner of Storybrooke and he has brought his residents from the land of untold stories with him. Emma and Regina try to use their magic to stop him but fail and they see uh, the dirigible 
crash into the forest so they head to the crash site they search for survivors but they find no one but uh snow and david do see um the that um there are i should say snow sees that there are like multiple many several really really uh footprints all over the place and that they escaped in a hurry so yeah so we have jekyll and, and jekyll like fills everyone in on how they might be able to stop hide and that is with the baton that uh what would we call the guy like the warden i guess like that would be the only thing that would subdue hide in the land of untold stories and that with this now crashed dirigible they should be able to use some of uh, the mechanisms and the things that powered it to create the same device to stop hide so they go through the wreckage and emma feels uh, her hand tremble she also has this weird flash of like her sword fighting and like this hooded figure and so she doesn't know what to do and so she does what emma usually does and then let's not tell anybody about it so she keeps it to herself <laughs> yes and later on the residents have uh, i should say uh, jekyll had created the weapon and uh, after like using a little bit of bait and switch with uh, regina basically like i'm gonna kill uh jekyll hide unless you stop me or unless you you know whatever whatever give us back the town and all this kind of stuff so uh while regina is um keeping hyde's attention emma is supposed to use the baton to subdue hyde but then uh you know she starts experiencing strange visions and her hands trembling and all this kind of stuff so she she, she takes a moment to but she finally zaps hyde and uh, they end up uh locking him up putting on like the the demagif defying cuffs and uh, taking him down into the asylum so let's they're not the demagifying cuffs they're new cuffs. oh they're new cuffs they're oh yeah because he's extra strong so they're these new cuffs mm -hmm. to uh, subdue his strength that he won't be able to get out of them all right so let's talk about this uh, what did we think of uh, coitus interruptus with um captain swan and this mysterious dirigible that arrived because I, i'm not gonna lie i kind of thought that the residents were already there when hyde at the end of the season was like oh and i brought all my friends i was like okay so they're already in the town somewhere like i didn't think that they were you know coming via ups or something <laughs> your ups is nice i know right I guess. <laughs> like apparently <laughs> I, I'm gonna let you go first, Katie, because, like, okay. <laughs> I have thoughts about that. Hashtag thoughts. Okay. About the dirigible? Or the coitus interruptus? No, about, uh, about the retconning bit. The retconning bit? I, I think you should go first, to be honest, because I don't know what I was gonna say, so just go. Okay. It, it kind of bothers me that some, that Once Upon a Time doesn't have that whole 
keeping track of what happens like season after season like what happened to certain characters what are their storylines like we saw Hyde come in with like a bunch of his like lackeys or whatever you're gonna call the untold stories behind him and I was expecting the season to start off with a bang like that too and we didn't get that with him and it's just one of those like little things that's nitpicky I don't but think did we like see him with people fan? in the finale? I was gonna say I, I don't, don't think we did. Think I think the people were there. What I thought was kind of weird. Did up and it was like people coming up from the back. No. No. Okay. Then the, all right. Then then that eases up a little bit. What I thought like, why, there was a little retconny type of thing, or maybe it just might have been just the weird choice that they had her do but when he Hyde said I run this town now like Regina looks surprised and I thought that was kind of weird and I don't know maybe I read her reaction wrong because I'm like but you already know this because he told you and um and um Henry everybody else in Avengers well no it was just uh, Regina and Henry they were the ones remember she was returning the magic back that he was there like he had already seen he remembered, you know, Hyde from seeing him early. Annoyed, but yeah, I guess I should. We should like go back and like see how Re- Regina reacted because I don't remember. Yeah, but though they were the only two that know, uh, mm-hmm. and it seems as if they didn't tell anybody else. Yeah, but it, it also seems like maybe that much time hadn't passed. Maybe mm-hmm. they're all doing something else. Like he's like, go over there and ruin that store. I don't know. Maybe they're scattered, and then these people that crashed are probably maybe the common people or the common untold stories. I don't know. And he wants yeah. to like rule. He wants to like be like a dictator thing. I think I feel like that's kind of what he's doing. I don't know. I like that. There's a little bit of mystery behind this guy because he's really. There sad. really is. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I like the way I like the way he 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 speaks to people and how I don't even know if he has an <laughs> accent or not, but like the way he's what? all like. He talks like his this. voice is so interesting. I know he I like, like it. Sean Connery, dude. He sounds yeah. exactly like Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> so people were saying he sounded like Bane from The Dark Knight Rises, and I was like, okay, I can see that. Like, I don't know, he just sounds really Pussy galore. Great. Yeah, I like the way he was talking. You know, that's Sean Connery. Yes. Oh my like, he, he, he totally, like, ripped that accent away from Sean Connery. He, and you know what? I'm not mad at it. Like, it mm-hmm. fits him because imagine if he had, like, a really high voice with that physique. <laughs> it wouldn't work. <laughs> also, Gosh. I just high pitch I hide. point out that, like, I'm very, like, I, there's a lot of mystery around him. And I'm really curious how he's so powerful. Because, like, he threw off Emma and Regina's magic, like. Dang. I know, and Regina has red magic now. Yeah, like Frick. I want to know more about like, this guy. I don't know, I but they need to like burn those sideburns, from, though. I feel like it comes from that <laughs> same type burn of land that, that Frankenstein was from, and they yes. deal with magic differently. If you remember, he was just kind of like, whoa, like this exists. Dude, like, if he is from 
black and white steampunk Transylvania land. It, he, that's what I was getting Better the vibe of. Be. We've been talking about that, right? Since uh, mm-hmm. last season. That was like some of our theories going on. I really feel like that's where we're heading. We're he- in somewhere with the monster universe. I mean, that's what they call it in the horror genre where it's uh, like Frankenstein and the old classic Dracula, the swamp thing, you know, the mummy. Like if we're coming from like some kind of world from there, holy shit. I'm I'm so excited. I know. Uh, I, I'm, uh, yeah. You know what's that the what's exciting that freaking oh god moment that I had with the coitus interruptus between like <laughs> Hook, between Hook and Emma. Oh, oh they were god. ready to get it in. Okay, I'll, 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 <laughs> she grabbed she grabbed that ass, and I was like, mm, girl, I'll, so I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I wanted to ask you guys about that. The way they played that made it seem like these two have not had sex yet. Yeah, I yeah. I felt the same way. Guys, like, yeah, yeah, it's it's true. Because it, it feels like in a hook a, a hooker scene like that. The... Yeah, and they would show it because they've showed all of like Regina's, uh, you know, sexy endeavors, which have been really really pleasantly nice. Um, and I don't know who else are they show the rum. I don't think Rump, uh, Rumbell has had yeah, any. Yeah, they have. Remember when they, they passed away after he after he got up from bed and she was still lying down in it? Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. Snowing has gotten one, too, when they're That's making true. tacos. Like, yeah, that was a mess. <laughs> yeah, see, and we just got, like, a little touchy-touchy make-out scene. So I'm wondering if, they, I'm guessing you all agree with me, that they haven't done the DD, which is fine. I'm not judging them, but... Damn, six seasons in, or what? Like three seasons in from since they started their relationship, nothing's happened. But I understand. They haven't so- had time, man. Yeah, that's why. I was <laughs> if something keeps happening, and right now, when they found, and I love that they put it in the premiere too, because mm-hmm. everybody, you know, we came up. Some of us came up with that theory that the, you know there might be a marriage proposal this season. Um, and if I'm like, well, maybe there should be, but after they do give us something. You know, like, <laughs> and I, I feel like I feel like I complained so much that they gave me that scene and they fucking took it away from me. That's what happened. Uh, but, I, but I loved it because they're making out and she's like, "Wait, Henry, wait, my parents, wait." I'm like, "Man, does nobody have privacy?" <laughs> like, yeah. and those are not like the sexiest things to talk about. Yeah, and lock, you know, and lock the, the damn door. He's like, you know what? If they stumble in, like they're they're really not gonna like what they what they see. And I'm like, God dang, okay. Like somehow that desperation like is sexy looking. Like that. Fifty that Shades of Hay. This sexy gentleman yes. hook wants you. Right she does have a dungeon, you know, in her oh basement. My I'm gosh. just saying. Gosh, maybe we need to bring jo- Jamie Dornan back. Oh baby. <laughs> He's got time now. Let's. Do it. All I'm saying, yes. Anything that it, that puts in like a new injection of like hotness here, like go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Because I just realized that I remembered why they never had anything because Emma was still living with her parents. They all lived in that one apartment, and yeah. now she has her own house. So it's very true. I well, her parents God, were shagging while everyone was there. I swear to God, if we don't get a love scene this season, I'm gonna be so freaking sad. <laughs> I want Regina to- will uh, let them borrow her crypt. Yeah, I mean, and we don't even have to show some skin. I mean, I, I like watching period pieces where the guy just wears that, that, like, white shirt. You know, I feel like that's what, like, Hook should wear under... I don't know. I just want to see something. <laughs> Give me something. I'm a faithful viewer, please. <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh. gosh. 
I want to see their relationship, like, just go to a new level. But after what we saw in this episode, damn. The you want to see their relationship yeah. head to completion? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, I do. Katie, cover your ears. I do. <laughs> they I, are I, covered, I, don't worry. I, I feel like Hook <laughs> needs this, and I feel like Emma needs it too, but I don't know, with her hand doing some weird stuff, I don't know if... Uh, well, that might be pleasurable, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I know, that's what I'm saying, but I don't know. It depends on what Hook wants, but at this point, I think he'll take anything. Katie is mortified. <laughs> you can't say crap, he only can use one hand. Like, if her hand is shaky, it's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, that's true, too. <laughs> one working hand. I'm sure he might have some sort of, um... You know, he, he takes off the hook, and then he, he he twists on something else, maybe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh my Here God. we go. <laughs> all, all I know is that scene was nice. I, I, anything, mm-hmm. like, I, I was saying before, Rumpel, people got something to jiff. Captain, like, Swan, people got something to jiff. Yeah. It's so true. I love how he was like, I like the red leather jacket. And I was like, dang, yes. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. It's not to see uh, Jennifer in a in a bra. Sad time. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we saw that already. Remember when she borrowed Regina's blue shirt? That's true. That's true. I want more, Priscilla. I'm not. I'm not. I, that was okay at the time. We're season six now. It's time to go somewhere else. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. Season six, the season of T and A. Why not? <laughs> oh gosh. Over. Like we need a. We need some more skin, yo. Just a little bit. But yeah, hard oh times gosh. for Hook and Emma in uh, in regards to becoming a little bit more intimate. Uh, getting cock blocked by Storybrooke in general. It sucks. I don't want to live there. <laughs> That's true. It's so true. <laughs> uh, hard times. I'm sorry. That's, I'm, I'm oh my gosh. <laughs> On that note... <laughs> We have Emma. She has a conversation with Archie. And uh, basically Archie is like, you know, if you ever need to talk, you know, I know that you've you've gone through a lot and whatnot, you know, feel free to speak to me. And, and there was like a really cute exchange, which has been gifted like many times now where <laughs> she's like, oh, no, I, I'm not anti-cricket. I love <laughs> it was that. fantastic. It's great. It was really good. And of course, Archie's there because of her parents, because they're they're worried about Emma and and, and whatnot. And so, uh, based off of that conversation, though, Emma decides to confront Hyde about her visions, because as he was being whisked away to the basement asylum in the hospital, he was like, oh, you know, tell that to your trembling hands. And so she was like, what? And so she heads to uh, his cell, and... Uh, Hyde can read Emma and, and basically is like, you know, I, I know you were a prisoner, you know, you still have that look in your face. And he even tests her to see if she is uh, in fear of him. And, uh, you know, he, he references her shaking hand and all this kind of stuff. And initially he's not like willing to give any information because Emma didn't bring anything to him. You know, it's like a trading and that kind of thing. But um, he ends up giving Emma an answer. And he's like, you know, whenever you see the red bird 
follow the red bird and you'll get the answers to what's happening to you. So later on that night, Emma, you know, takes his advice. She's, you know, searching the forest with Hook, but she sort of like shushes him away and he's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. But she's like, you know, I don't, I don't need you to be here right now. Well, why don't you leave? And so he, he leaves and uh, she sees the red bird and the red bird, uh, you know, they're doing this obviously as they're searching for other survivors. And so the, the red bird leads Emma to a young woman, a young girl. We saw her in the initial flashback. She seems to be the one that's there caring for Aladdin. And her name is the Oracle, or she was an Oracle back in the day. And, uh, she talks about Emma and, and Emma being the savior and her hand troubling and whatnot. And uh, after Emma sort of like asks her for her help and like an understanding what this, uh, what the, these trembles are and these flashes that she's having, uh, the Oracle shares uh, Emma a vision of the future as the savior. And uh, there is a confrontation in the streets of Storybrook. And there's a, a, a person in a hood. We don't know who this person is. This person is sword fighting with Emma. We see the Charmings and Regina looking from afar. And at some point, this individual gets the upper hand, knocks Emma's sword out her hand, and um, makes it disappear. And then uh, this mysterious attacker stabs Emma and kills her in front of her loved ones. And so the Oracle says that uh, there are many paths that Emma can take. And uh, depending on the path, you know, whichever path she ends up taking, the outcome might or might not change. So this is like the future and uh, any path that she chooses could lead her to this outcome. So Emma confronts Hyde about it and uh, he explains that the person she's going to face in the future will be her ending, you know, and uh, this has happened to other saviors in the past and uh, he says that her enemy could be someone that she already knows, could be someone that already lives in Storybrooke, or it could be among the new residents from the land of untold stories. And so Emma decides to keep this information to herself. So let's discuss everything that just happened. Everything with Emma, Hyde, and the Oracle. And I want to start off with my theory. Because if, um, if Katie has theories, I can have them too, right? Mm -hmm. So here's my theory. I think that the Oracle is Jafar in disguise. And I think oh, yeah. that maybe the hooded person could be Jafar as well, maybe? Mm -hmm. Or we'll go with that for right now. But I definitely think that the Oracle was either under Jafar's control or is actually Jafar. That's my theory, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't Same. know about the hooded guy being Jafar, but I but I feel mm -hmm. for sure that the oracle is Jafar cuz yeah. come on, glowy staff with red eyes and a red <laughs> parrot. It's Iago. <laughs> That's my 
Emma. Follow the exactly. I forgot to mention that the the staff. There was a she, the mm -hmm. oracle had a staff that whose eyes glowed. As and I when I, once I saw that, I was like, okay, this is Jafar. This <laughs> yes. has to be Jafar. Like Emma doesn't know that's Jafar, but like we know that's Jafar. She was so shady. I was like, come on, it's yep. Jafar. I feel kind and, of annoyed yeah. with that because Emma season one, her superpower is that she could detect lies. How is she not detecting this in? Uh, Sean Connery and freaking whatever Cassandra, like this Oracle, <laughs> think, whatever. Think, like it, think, it's bothering me. Like I why? think it's just because she's desperate. I love how you call right him now. Sean Connery. I know, right? It, that's hilarious. Uh, I think it's just she's desperate for for answers right now. I mm -hmm. feel like with how we were talking about that they're not getting a break after anything. I mean, we just we're literally coming back. We had like a four year, uh, four year, about uh, four months. And then we're seeing our premiere. They just had like literally a few hours, and it's just not. There's no way to like sit down and really think about what's going on. It just happened, and I think she's just. She's. I think it's more so that Hyde knew something was going on with her, and she was like, "What? How do you know that? Like, what the hell? Like, you ain't no oracle. You're just some guy, some sexy guy. But you guy, how do you know this <laughs> stuff? So you're gonna." You're gonna listen to somebody who's going, who knows about what you're going through, and you're probably gonna go. I will say that is a regression of her character, but it's also where she is now from season one Emma to season six Emma, and she talks about it right with Archie how when you came here you had all these walls and now they're down, and even if that's a good thing, there's also some other stuff with that, and I think a lot of people were also upset how she didn't tell Hook about what's going on with her, and even though he's noticing what's going on he's not gonna let this go either and i hope he doesn't mm -hmm. but uh, i understand that right now with all that's going on the least of their problems is emma shaking her hand up until they do the plan which you know we'll get into later but you guys have the theory with jafar i agree i also think that the person emma is fighting is herself mm -hmm. that's yeah what I think. I, I, that's what that's i think what I think so too i would love that actually that would be that would be nice. Like, I feel like I'm, that's what everyone's doing, right? It's 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 what Regina versus Evil Queen, and you know Hyde and Jekyll are apart. You know, I feel like it's everyone facing themselves. They can't yeah. accept who they are. I yet. like that. So, yeah, that's I what I think I, too. I, I, I like that, but I feel like the vision is also manipulation. Yeah. Like I I don't feel mm -hmm. like that's the future well, the thing, per se. The thing that the thing that I've learned after watching, a especially lot if it's Jafar. Oh yeah, a lot of shows that uh, have to do with seeing the future and every they do everything they can to prevent it, but it still ends up happening. Mm -hmm, exactly. So I feel like now that she knows what might happen or a glimpse of it. I think it's still gonna happen, but the road that the way that we get there is gonna be totally different, and we don't know the outcome though. Jafar is saying, or you know, the Oracle saying you're gonna die. I hope that's not the case because they're probably gonna bring her back. But this whole savior theory and her story sounds really final, like as in like the season season finale or series finale of Once. It really sounds final. I don't know how you could get more final than... You're going to make Katie cry. ...than Emma facing Fine. herself. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's I... just a theory. I don't know. Well, Rumple becoming, like, the biggest bad ever. That's true. And then they have to kill him. That's true. They can, like, do a, a round, you know, usually with, like, the first season will match, like, the last season. And you go back in terms of, like, what, what, what happened in season one. Yeah, that could be a thing. I wouldn't mind 
Rumpel's yes. got on my nerves. So everyone has to give Rumpel a kiss, he, he, and then they they do the true love. Didn't he have like a prophecy or something in season one? Did they even fulfill that? that? The boy yeah, would be his yeah, undoing. Yeah. So see, there's there's that. I mean, I wonder if they're gonna keep up with that. I mean, I don't know. So I... Brittany, you will be our undoing. Ooh, yes. I'm just gonna go back a little and say that the scene with Emma and Archie is my favorite by far from this episode. Like, it was small, <laughs> but it kind of shows that, yes, when someone's barriers are down, like, it's great and it's a good thing. But part of those barriers being down now is that you don't have those maladaptive ways of coping. You have to find new ways of coping and you have to find, to figure out how to, like, fix yourself from that point. How to deal with all of the stresses that have come about. And I like the fact that he tells her that it's a slow process, that, like, you can't take shortcuts. And right afterwards, like, you can't take shortcuts, Emma goes and takes the worst shortcut possible with with, with Mr. Hyde. Like, oh, that, that makes me sad. And we also, but we also get Give to me see, the answers! We also get to see Emma being strong, though, and kind of, like, bringing back her past would be like you know what I've been in prison too and I know what it feels like and you know what the worst part is being lonely being stuck here and the worst thing I could do is just not come here anymore and for no one to see you that was like cool like we're getting hints of Emma being stronger and learning from her past as opposed to being affected by her past mm -hmm. alright now who knew Priscilla was pro cricket <laughs> Amazing! I listen to my content. I love it. I know, I'm here for it. Pongo, though! All right, so... Pongo! Oh, oh Pongo. Oh, that was the best! He's so cute. Yeah. Okay, like, I want to hug Pongo, too. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Pongo wants to hug you, too, Katie. <laughs> so let's discuss the final storyline. It was a smaller storyline, but it was, uh, I would say, one of the more emotional storylines in, in a night of uh, emotional storylines we have regina and zelina and uh they have moved in with one another like zelina has uh really moved in like in the sense that there are boxes and everything all over the place in uh regina's beautiful mayoral abode and so you know they they talk about like their newfound connection or their renewed connection and uh, now you know they're roomies and all that kind of thing Zelina ends up mentioning that she has something that Roland gave her to give to Regina it's uh, Robin's feather and uh, whatever whatever but you know she tries to look for it but she can't find it and you could tell that Regina is a uh, annoyed but uh she she doesn't you know she doesn't cause an altercation with her sister and and, and whatnot and she sort of uh, suppresses her emotions so throughout the episode we see regina you know being herself but not necessarily being herself you can see that she's being she has like you know she's troubled and uh she visits the um mayor's office once Hyde is captured and obviously she's having a, a moment you know this is where Robin died his soul was obliterated and all this kind of stuff and uh, Zelina shows up 
and Regina's basically like, you know, I need a moment. Like, I, I need some time. You know, I need to process everything. I, I need to take this moment in, you know, because it's the first time that I've been in this room since Robin died. And Zelina's trying to justify her own feelings. She's like, you know, I, I lost someone as well. And this is where Regina, you know, basically tells Zelina, yeah, but... You know, when I see you, I see you as being the person at fault. You know, this is all your fault. You know, your relationship with Hades and all this kind of stuff, like, led to Robin's death. And his soul has been obliterated, which is worse than death. And this, that, or the other. And so, they get into sort of like a heated moment. And uh, it, it just ends with Zelina basically saying, you know, I'm, I'll be moved out from your place by sundown throughout the episode as well uh, regina has some really great heart to hearts with snow white and uh snow basically tells regina you know it was because of you that i gained hope you know through everything that you put me through through everything that the evil queen put me through you know at the end of it all you know I had to develop hope and uh, this uh, yearning for hope and hope for something better to happen and hope that things would get better and things would calm down and things would uh, improve. And she also gives Regina advice, you know, that she can't like hold in her emotions. Like if she feels that there's a problem or something, she needs to let these emotions out. And, and she does obviously with Zelina. And um, Regina, as well, you know, she's she's she has a moment where she um, basically is like, you know, I I'm a clean slate, and uh, she she once again apologizes to Snow White for everything that she's done, and uh, she also comes to the point to where I, I guess she. Um, she understands Robin's passing and whatnot, and she has this really tender moment with Snow where they sort of are just discussing their connection, their life, and what is to come with all of these new residents from the land of untold stories. And as they sort of leave from their tender moment, we see the Robin feather, you know, land on the bench where they were, which was nice. And uh, she also came to that realization from a conversation with Henry where Henry is like, he chooses to believe and to have faith that Robin's soul wasn't obliterated, that Robin was a hero. And so he feels that heroes will get a happy ending in the afterlife. And uh, so Regina basically comes to the realization that she's going to have faith that that's what happened to Robin. So elsewhere in town... Uh, Later on, Snow and uh, David end up finding uh, the residents of the Land of Untold Stories. And uh, basically, they're like, come to Granny's. We have food. We'll find you shelter. You are not evil people. We want to help. Uh, you don't have to be worried about Hyde. We're not like Hyde. And this is the other. And so we do end up seeing these uh, new residents of Storybrooke head to Granny's and accept the uh, kindness of the Storybrooke residents. So, 
in the closing moments of the episode, Zelina returns to her farmhouse, and inside she hears Regina. But it is not Regina. It is brum, 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 the evil queen. She's there waiting to offer Zelina an apple teeny. And she's like, you know, I'm ready to bond with you. And interestingly enough, Zelina earlier in the episode, uh, like, had a confrontation with Regina about Regina giving up her evil queen side. And uh, Zelina was like, you know, you did that with the Charmings. You know, you didn't even do that with me, and I'm your sister. And, you know, that was the part of you that I really identified with. That was the part of you that was like me. And so now she has the evil queen in her own lair. So let's talk about it. What did we think of Regina's storyline this episode? Regina and Zelina, and then the Evil Queen popping up at the very last moment with a very delicious-looking apple teeny, green apple teeny. I feel sad for both of them, but I feel like both of them, in their misery, helping each other out isn't a good thing because Regina's right. Like she, she'll always kind of feel that sense of. It's your fault. You're the one that brought all this misery to me. And you're the one who allowed Hades to come up here and didn't believe me. That's why Robin's dead. And you're taking things that would should be really important to me. Like this Fletch. Like this last bit of Robin that you have. And you forgot it. Like you just kept it in a safe place. But you forgot where it was. Like both of them need somebody and I, it feels kind of sad that Zelina ran away and is probably going to find her like comfort in the evil queen, which not a good place to be. And especially not when you're trying to get the good guys to like you again. I'm hoping that they kind of pull the switcheroo and like Zelina's a double agent and lets the good guys know, hey, this is what the evil queens come up with. But we know that's not the case. Like, I- I'm, I'm not all for what's going to happen to Zelina right now. And I'm hoping for the best for Regina. I kind of hope that what Henry says is true too, that every hero gets their just desserts. They, they get the good for all of the troubles that they've gone through. That doesn't mean I want Robin to come back on the show because if he does come back, I want them to use him better than what like more of what the character deserved we've we talked about this in the wonderland podcast but he's a great guy at the beginning and wasn't used very much so i don't know once has to learn how to balance their characters out and i I don't know how that's going to work when you have the evil twin of everyone running around storybrooke now but at least it gives the actors range it lets them do other things also, those apple teenies looked really good, and I'm glad the evil queen is back, if only to see her in those amazing costumes. <laughs> and yes. the cleavage. The cleavage. <laughs> you know when they turn evil, they gotta have cleavage except Emma, apparently. It's, it's true. true. It's very true. Aww. I'm cool with that. I know, just look at Rumpel's cleavage. Ugh. Oh my gosh. He turned into a golden lizard. We we know that that was the case. Like, no, that's different. 
dark ones end up looking all slimy and weird. So Emma got the better end of that rope. So did Hook by that way. Like Hook just grew a little bit more hair in his like front. He kind of looked like emo Hook and freaking <laughs> Emma turned goth with like her. He parted hair. His, his hair differently. Do you see like that they got off lucky. Mm-hmm. Most dark it's ones true. end up looking like lizards. So It's true. It's very true. Glittery lizards. um i honestly one of the the best scenes from this premiere for me was that last scene with snow and regina talking and regina being super self-aware like she you know flat out admitted that she was the villain and she was a horrible stepmother and she did a lot of horrible things and she needs to restart. Like, she needs to go back to the beginning and start a new story um, based on faith and hope. Uh, and it just, it was such an inspiring, like, just the way that they clipped everything together and just Lana Priya's acting was so good during that scene. Um, it was really good. It was very emotional. And I love... I love the relationship between Snow and Regina, and we really haven't seen that too much in the past few seasons. So I'm glad that we got a lot of that in this premiere. Like, it opens up the doors for it to happen a lot more this season, which is great. Um, It's something that I've missed a lot. Um, So that scene just won the episode for me, to be honest. It was just acted so well, and it was so genuine. And... It was so cool. I loved the symbolism at the end where they're walking away and the feather falls onto the bench. You know, it's the symbolism that that was in her past and now she's moving forward from here. She's not going to look back to the past. She's going to start a new story. So I just, I really liked that. I thought that was so well done. I agree. Look at Katie. I like that. You broke it down well, Katie. Oh, yeah. Like Regina's my I I I've I don't I've already admitted that Regina's like my favorite character so I always wonder I, I wondered what are they gonna do with her this season and I had a few theories of what they were gonna do but I really liked that they that they dealt with uh, Robin's death right off the bat in the premiere like they're not putting it on the back burner they're not making it to where it's gonna build up and she's gonna have like a burst and she's gonna go back to being evil or something you know it's she sat down and she she talked with somebody and that's what what snow had said earlier in the episode too to her that you know you guys just need to talk or you you know you just need to it's all about communication and i like that i mean i know zelina was feeling a little jealous you know like oh you want to talk to the charmings but i feel like snow snow and regina it makes sense for them to heal and for regina to talk to her like it just it makes it it makes sense and that's why i like this premiere because it's like we're getting snow back snow has been on the back burner for a while and now she she's here and she's acting like the you know she was like stand-in mayor she wanted to help all the people that you know crashed into storybrook um that's what the charmings do they make you feel like you're at home they make you feel comfortable and i really like that we're getting a call back to season one how it was regina versus snow and now they're here and they're they're friends and it, they have a past i mean snow killed cora and i think cora killed her mother 
So I mean, like, it's just, it's some bad blood, but I just- They're all killing each yeah, other. Yeah, and I just love where they are. <laughs> I love where they are right now. It's, it's amazing. And now they got bad blood. Yeah, and I like that. <laughs> I just like where we are right and now. And it used to be mad love. <laughs> oh my gosh. And as for uh, um, Zelina, oh, I still don't like her. I really don't like I never. Look, I like Zelina's sassiness because she's funny. She comes out with the quick one liners and her wits are hilarious. But as far as having like a relationship with her, man, she sounds like she, she just feels like a teenage girl. Like, well, you don't want to share with me, so I'm going to just leave. It's like, girl, if you guys are going to help each other heal, you got to, you know, understand where each other's coming from. But like Priscilla said, I think the damage is done. And it's not that's not to say that they can't be friends or have a relationship. It's just they need to heal on their own and then come together or stay apart a little bit and then come back and talk about it. I mean, I was really upset, too, with Regina, how like she had the feather. I remember that from the from the finale that uh, Roland gives her the feather to give to Regina. And I'm like, that is really sweet. That's something that you can keep with you forever. And and. Lena's like, oh yeah, I lost it. I'm like, girl, if somebody gives me something, but and this is not to like defend Zelina. She did get sucked into another world. Oh yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? She had to fight to like get back to story. Oh yeah. So she can give her like at least like okay, I understand. Like maybe you know you have it packed up someplace. Like I, I get it though. I get both yeah. sides to it. But you have to remember, like she did, like right after the little boy like gave her that like she got sucked That's into true. an adventure with the charmings and hook. That's true. Maybe I don't remember how the sequence of events happened, but I do know that I guess maybe this is just for me that if you tell me like I'm the messenger, you're giving me something personal and it's for someone else like that's probably going to be priority that I'm I'm probably going to save it or even if like I wear a necklace that you know my grandma gave me, like I'm probably going to take care of that the most. Um, so I guess I understood that, but it was just like a, it was just a little plot for the, for the premiere to get some tension and stuff. Cause I'm barely coming to terms that we're never, I'm never going to get over what happened with Zelina in like season four with Robin and the weird, yeah, that, that thing and the baby or whatever. I'm finally coming to terms with, okay, it happened. Brittany, get over it. You know, deal with Zelina being, uh, a uh, main character i was like fine and then them bickering and her moving in it was nice it was cute i just don't want them to give her the rumple treatment if you guys know what i'm saying oh we oh, do yeah. you guys yeah. understand what i'm saying they can make zelina for me i can like her i don't mind her just don't mm -hmm. give her that and i hope what priscilla said is right that, that she does become a double agent because i hope that she does that on her own you know, that she doesn't fall for, like, how she fell for hate uh, for Hades, how she was like, well, I, I trust him. I hope here she, uh, she, she kind of sees through it. That she fools us, but she comes out knowing that she's going to help out her sister. And that's how they're going to rebuild their relationship. So, high hopes for Zelina this season, even though I don't like her. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, now it's time for everyone's favorite moment that everyone likes here on storybrook weekly mirror it's time for the mvp the most valuable player the character that impressed you the most and why and uh, the rule is if someone mentions your mvp you must pick a different character so no repeat characters 
And we're going to start off with me. And I pick as, I know, right? I pick as the MVP, Emma. Oh. Well, dang you. She's not Actually. even on my list. She's, she's so not Actually, that wasn't who I was gonna pick. So. Okay. Well, I thought I was stealing Katie's. <laughs> you did actually. Given, but she was like, she was my backup just in case. So. Dang okay. You. Which would have given me joy, but apparently it wasn't. <laughs> but I give it to Emma because I feel like this was a really strong episode for Emma. Like I really felt for her. I felt what she was going through, and uh, I, I love. The heart-to-hearts that she had with a lot of the characters. I don't like that she's keeping a secret. Because it reminds me of that half-season arc with the secrets. And the secret, secret, secrets. And I just don't <laughs> like her having secrets. I feel like if your walls have been broken down. Like, you should be able to trust these people. At least hook. Like, let somebody know that you had this vision. Because they'll be able to help you out. Like, don't you remember, like, this whole experience that you had as the Dark Swan, and, like, you weren't telling people stuff, and then afterwards everyone was like, why didn't you tell us? So you should tell somebody. No, no Maybe she'll tell Archie. in this show. Nobody <laughs> ever learns their lesson. I know, right? Maybe she'll confide in Archie or something. I don't know. But she needs to let somebody know what's going on. Maybe Henry. Who knows? But uh, for all those reasons and more, I really feel like this was a strong Emma story this uh, episode this premiere and i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with emma the character as well as emma the savior and maybe her interactions with other saviors hmm so emma my mvp uh, and uh, we'll go with priscilla next for the reason that i've been waiting five seasons for Belle is my MVP because holy Ooh. moly, not only did we get to see her in the blue outfit, we got to see her in the gold outfit, but we see we see some nice wacky moments between her and Rumple that 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 do touch this icy heart but that that kind of doesn't like Rumple. Like that was sweet, but she snapped out of it and she realized. For the sake of her son, this isn't, like, healthy. This isn't going to work out. I can't be with you. One kiss doesn't change any, like, doesn't change everything. So, yeah, I'm all for Belle standing up for for herself. And I'm all for Belle and, like, kind of protecting Morpheus. And Morpheus, like, kissing her awake. Like, that, that was lovely and... Good for you, Belle. Belle, MVP of the season. Well, not the season. Of the episode. Oh, right now. Hmm, who should I pick next? Go pick Katie. Go ahead and pick Katie. Brittany! Oh, Aww. Aww, F you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Katie. Damn. Damn. Moment Damn. of the of this episode. Dang. Okay. Oh my god. I think Katie's I, I think Katie's the MVP of the episode now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I don't want to steal Katie's uh, person. Steal it! Because I, I have a list, so it's like, I don't care if she goes first, because so I, I have backup. But... Steal it! Actually, yeah. I want to know who your top pick is, so oh, go okay. for it. Alright, my top pick is <laughs> Regina. Well, oh. <laughs> I knew it! I was looking forward to this moment. <laughs> okay, you better talk for a while so I can think about this. <laughs> it's all Jeff's fault. 
<laughs> I apologize. I stirred I stirred the pot a little bit. He's like Russell, <laughs> like making deals and turning us against each other. But no, I picked Regina only because I feel like the the finale ended on on a pretty good note with uh with her tearing apart the worst parts of herself, which you know makes up the evil queen. She took the evil part out of her and. Uh, I was wondering, well, what are they going to do with that? How is that going to work? How is, what kind of Regina are we going to see? Because I like Regina in all her glory. I like who she's become, you know, uh, but I also wanted her to embrace that she can't be Regina without having the evil queen in her. And I feel like that's going to be like a story arc we're going to go through. And I feel like here, I, I really like the scene where, uh, where she's taught, where they're, doing the plan for Hyde to capture him and he's all like you know people had something to fear when you were the evil queen you not so much and I like that that like kind of struck a chord with her like well shit you know maybe I'm not who I, like who am I I'm not the evil queen anymore I'm just Regina so nobody fears me I'm not intimidating like I really like that but I think at the end of the episode she kind of gets a glimpse that like hey I have a clean slate I don't want to be the evil queen I don't want to be like a sad Regina I want to just be, you know, somebody that has hope and faith. And uh, I, I, I really like that. I like that she's not falling back into old habits. I like that she's like, okay, I've lost a lot. I've done a lot of bad, but it's time for me to move on and become a new person. And I really enjoyed that. So that's a really big stepping stone for her, even though she's come a long way. I feel like it's still another step that we took, and I really liked her and Snow arm in arm walking. I was like, oh, that's really cute. So, yeah. That's why she's my MVP. Aww. Wow. That was wonderful. Aw, thank you. Go Applause. <laughs> yeah. That was beautiful. Okay. Ten Poppy Chula Radio PowerPoints for Brittany. Dang. I'm the only one that didn't get a gold star or PowerPoints. I'm so sad. There's, there's <laughs> still much left of the episode. Oh, Young Priscilla. Season, but okay. Oh gosh, no, this episode, Katie, <laughs> your MVP okay. because I'm looking forward to hear it. Okay, well, my MVP is gonna be Snow because Ooh. she wasn't in a lot of this episode, but she, she was a good tracker. Me. Yes, exactly. And like, okay, so one of the things that really made me happy, and it's like a small thing, was she mentioned somewhere in there that she was Snow White. And I was like, yes, thank you for not saying you're Mary Margaret and you can be trusted in all of this. You're Snow White. I'm so happy that they've gone back to calling her Snow. Like, that's that's just a side note, but that just made me really happy. Um, but the main reason was because I loved the scenes between her and Regina, which I kind of explained before. But I love how she encourages Regina to talk to somebody you know you need to sit down and talk to Zelina um and then she ends up sitting down and talking with Regina herself and getting Regina to open up and be brutally honest with her uh and it it just it was so cool I love their relationship and I love that after all that's happened between them all of these years of you know the evil queen trying to kill snow and snow trying to take over the kingdom and all this stuff we can get to this point where they're sitting down and having an emotional very genuine conversation 
and then they walk off arm in arm, you know, as best buds. And I just, I really like that. So Snow gets my MVP for today. Yay, that's exciting. So now we are going to rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 apples. The point system is allowed, and if you deem an episode exceptional, if it's worth more than 10, you may grant it the coveted golden apple. Exciting. And we're going to go in reverse order, so that means, Katie, you're up first. Yes. Okay, so I'm not going to go quite with the golden apple this time, but I will say 10. I'll give it a 10. Because it just, it was really well put together. There was a lot of great moments. We got a lot of focus on our main characters, and we got a good introduction to an interesting new plot. So I just think it was really well written and really well put together. So... 10 points for me. 10 out of 10. Nice. All right now. Brittany, <laughs> what so, do you rate the episode? Um, after thinking about it, talking with you guys, I, I mean, we always go like more than an hour. So I always figure that when we do that, the episode's really good. Or we have a lot of, a lot to bitch about. But uh, surprisingly, no. I feel like I changed my answer. I came into this with an 8 out of 10, but I'm, I'm actually going to give it um, what Katie gave it, a 10 out of 10. I mean, I know I said that um, I didn't have a lot of hype going into this premiere only because the cliffhanger for last season, it was good, but it wasn't dire. Like, there wasn't something like, oh, man, I wonder what's going to happen right that second. You know, like, it, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, well, he's in town. What is he going to do? But I feel like a, if there was no hype, there was a lot of emotion. I think there was so much uh, conversation and emotions coming from the characters that we love, especially Regina and Snow and Zelina and Regina and Emma. Like it, I feel I'm emotionally connected to these characters, and if something's happening to them, I'm gonna feel it, and that's just amazing. So I give it a ten out of ten or ten apples. All right now. Red Pers apples. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Thank I you. Like I don't like green apples. Red apples. Okay. Done. Okay. <laughs> Priscilla, what do you rate the episode? Okay, I'm gonna gonna code down. Like I can't give it ten apples. I just I really can't. There were a couple of things that like kinda ticked it little a little negative. And ten apples is when something is perfect and amazing to me. And it just didn't reach that. But it wasn't a bad episode. And it wasn't a bad premiere episode either so i'm gonna give it eight like it's a solid b and just because i love that little touch i'm gonna give it eight like green apple martinis that was nice green apple okay. teenies eight green apple teenies <laughs> priscilla is the russian judge in this episode it, i thought you would give it a 10 out of 10 because of bell i feel like that was like a really like good thing but we're not getting any hook and swan like That's more true. development there. That's like, true. That, no. <laughs> hey, they gave us more than we could ask for. They gave us a He really nearly got character. it in. They gave they teased us. I was expecting more and I didn't get <laughs> So shit. you're angry, you're angry, so you took it away. <laughs> I see. Oh my god. Pris Priscilla <laughs> well, see, didn't like Blue Ball City. 
Yeah, I'm not going to give yeah. it a golden apple until they do the deed. I'm telling you guys mm -hmm. right now. As far as I go with a 10. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Katie, the Once Upon a Time sex episode. Oh gosh. I don't care what else happens. It's getting a golden apple. <laughs> oh my gosh. That'll be the episode Rumple wins or something. Oh god. <laughs> That'll be the episode oh, Cook dies again because he dies every freaking season. <laughs> oh my god. Well... It's true. <laughs> well, as long as he gets it in, I guess. But anyway, alright. My rating for the episode... I'm actually somewhere in the middle. I'm not going to go 8, because I feel like, for me at least, that, that's a little low. Because I, I enjoyed the episode. But I'm not ready to give it a 10 either. So I'm going to go right in the middle with a 9. I thought it was a solid premiere. I'm interested like my interest has been peaked as far as like what's going to happen this season i feel like they kind of calmed my nerves as far as like these new characters and these untold stories and all this kind of stuff because i was kind of worried like as to like how they're going to introduce these characters and what we're going to see and all that kind of stuff i really enjoyed the uh, savior stuff i think that's really fascinating and i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that and uh, i'm looking forward to seeing some more returning favorites and some new characters and i know i think i mentioned this in the finale in particular last season of like uh they've like split the evil queen from regina and like the storyline is going to be that she has to accept her evil side and all this kind of stuff and then they're going to kumbaya and everything's going to be fantastic and i was nervous as to how they were going to incorporate the evil queen we only saw her for one scene, but I didn't dislike what we saw. So I hope that they do this storyline right and they make it interesting and they make it unpredictable because they could easily turn that storyline into something that could become quite predictable. So I guess we'll see. But uh, on that note, Katie, I think it's time to get a little spoilery. Yes, it is. Okay, it is time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is your official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You can find all these spoilers and a lot more if you go to our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash Storybrook Weekly Mirror. And you can also see them by going to my site at storybrookmirror.tumblr.com. So, there's actually a lot of spoilers to go over. So, we'll just kind of start with um, some casting news that we got this week. Um, TV Line reported that uh, one of the fan favorites, Charming's mother, Ruth, will be returning. Yay! Uh, yeah, I'm so excited. I love her a lot. She's one of those genuine, like, characters that just makes you so happy whenever she's on the screen. And I'm really excited that we get to see her again um, in a charming flashback, apparently. So uh, that'll be coming up sometime soon. So look forward to that. And then also TV Line reported that Zima is reprising his role as the dragon again. Yay. So apparently the Evil Queen did not crush his heart at the end of last season like we thought or whatever. So he will be back. He'll be alive. I ship them. Uh, oh my gosh. Call him Mushu. 
finally call him. Yes. So. <laughs> so we'll have that to look forward to as well. Um, ET Online did an article. Well, so they streamed the premiere and did like a Q and A with the um, with Adam and Eddie. Um, I think it was last Monday, I believe. Uh, it was early in the week. That's all I know. And so they did a bunch of interviews with different media outlets um, about the new season. So ET Online did want an interview with Eddie and Adam, and they asked the question: Is Robin Hood going to be back? Like, is he for real dead? And Eddie said, "Yes, I'd say dead is dead." So I can tell you that a lot of this year is about Regina dealing with loss and moving on because I think Regina has had, has the most unfair luck of anybody. But that's kind of what makes her Regina. And by moving on, we don't mean like falling in love with someone right away. That's not realistic to us, Adam explained. This was someone she did love and who she did lose. And we hope that we deal with that grief and his aftermath in a real way. So that's kind of what we had to look forward to with Regina grieving uh, Robin, which we kind of saw a little bit of in the premiere episode. Um, so there was uh, an article done by TV Line where they asked, you know, the question, like, why is Hyde in Storybrooke? Like, why, why is he so obsessed with needing to lord over everybody and be in charge of everything like what's his agenda um and one of the creators said similar to the way hook wanted to get to land without magic so we could kill gold you will realize that hyde wants to get to storybrook so that his story can play out so there's something that in his story that was not played out because he was in the land of untold stories so he's gonna make of- love to granny oh my gosh Will you stop it? <laughs> Granny needs love too. Oh She's my god. Fine. She's an independent independent woman with a small business. Who don't yeah. need no man. <laughs> don't need no man. She has her crossbow. <laughs> and She's her, strong. And her meatloaf. Oh my oh. gosh. Oh. <sighs> okay, so we're moving on from that. Uh, so regarding the evil queen, this is still in the same TV line, um, article regarding the evil queen. There are things from the past that she set in motion. Absolutely. There is in fact a very specific thing from the past that she set in motion that comes back into play in the present. Now that she has all of Regina's memories and is fully unleashed, she has a whole new set of plans to destroy lives. So... Yeah, so, I mean, the question, I think the question was, that they're answering here, was basically, is she still going to be going after, you know, sewing Prince Charming? Like, is she still going after the same things that she was when she was the Evil Queen? And now we're going to kind of see it play out where she has all of Regina's memories and she knows everything that she did that failed, so she has more plans in place that uh, will potentially be more effective. So, I guess we'll see how that plays out. Um, Someone asked, you know, how are the episodes going to work? Like, how are they going to um, play out? Is it going to be like a case-by-case type thing for each episode, you know, week by week? Um, They said that it's not going to be so much a case-by-case 
um, weekly thing, they said what they're going to be focusing on in on is character arcs and we're going to have a kind of mix between the mythological serialized episodes and ones that are kind of like season one with cinderella where there was a beginning middle and end to the story but each episode you know even if it's specifically like a season one reminiscent episode is going to be focusing not just on the guest characters but how the guest character stories relates to our characters in real time or real life in storybook so that's kind of what the episodes are going to be looking like um rather than just you know here's a guest character's story for this episode next week we're going to have another guest character in their story and then the next week we'll have a new guest character in their story so it's kind of going to be a mix between all of that um Regarding Snow and Charming, we're going to see Snow ask early on, what is what is, what is our normal and how do we get back to it? Um, this was an article done by ET Online as well. They were talking about the different relationships. Um, and this one's regarding Snow and Chris Charming. So we will definitely be seeing Snow asking um, what is what is normal now and how are we going to get back to it. Um, we'll also be seeing Snow White and Prince Charming address the idea of what their happy ending truly looks like and what it means for their family. Um, which will be interesting. I'm interested to see, like, how much they show of Baby Neil. Uh, because... I hope it doesn't become like this thing where he's not seen ever anymore. I would like to see moments where Snow White and Prince Charming get to see him, you know, like take his first steps and say his first word that they missed when they didn't have, you know, when Emma was in uh, the real world, they missed all that. And they always talked about that in past seasons, how they were so sad that they missed all of that. So I hope that we do get to see kind of, some of those like small moments with them and Neil. Um, hope I, I just personally would like to see that. Um, so yeah. Um, now regarding the person beneath the hooded cloak, uh, I know uh, who it Hollywood is. Hollywood reporter did it's it. Granny. <laughs> you do apparently. Oh my gosh, she's ever she's everywhere this season apparently. The season of Granny. The season of Granny. The year of Granny. Once upon a Granny. That's what it is. Uh, But anyways, the Hollywood Reporter did a large article, kind of like a post-mortem article. And they asked, you know, who is that person beneath the hooded cloak in Emma's visions? Um, Adam and Eddie said, we'll know the answer before the Christmas break. That's for sure. We're definitely going to be exploring that. It could be someone that we've met before. I definitely would say it is somebody that we've met before. Who's in the hood is going to be a mystery. Is And then regarding kind of along the same lines, is Emma going to die? Real, like for real, can the vision be changed? They said that we'll be seeing the characters fight for hope and see if they can change a vision and kind of if the vision is everything that they said it was. You know, is this a final destination, like a final cut? Like there's, like she's going to die. Is there anything that they can change about it? So we will be seeing that play out as well. Um, 
how long are we going to have to deal with Emma holding this secret from everybody? Um, basically, not very long. Uh, it will be brought to light and dealt with in the first batch of episodes. Thank the heavens. But was it let out? Thank the heavens. I know, right? Jeez. But the question is really surrounding this. Was it let, will it be let out because she tells it willingly or was it forced out? Um, and we'll be seeing the fallout from that as well. So that's something to look forward to. Okay, so regarding the whole savior thing, like are we going to see all of the saviors kind of like how in the... Um, Last season, we saw a ton, like all of the Dark Ones. Are we going to see any more of the Saviors other than Em and Aladdin? Um, basically, what the Hollywood reported, Reporter got out of Adam and Eddie was that for the first batch of episodes, we'll delve into seeing Emma and Aladdin instead of more Saviors. Unlike last year with the Dark Ones, this journey is more about what it means to be the Savior rather than finding previous Saviors. What it means to be a Savior, who they could have been before, and who they could be next is something Ooh, that Katie. we're going to be dealing with. Which, I have a theory. What? You have a theory? Oh my gosh, please. Alice is considered a savior. That's why they're at her house, maybe. <gasps> Frick. Oh, god damn it. I, I, I hope that's not the case because they ended things so perfectly and last time I was happy that they brought someone from Wonderland. They completely fucked it up. So please, no, just, just <laughs> say that she's a savior and have it end No, they like filmed that. something oh. in what appeared to be Alice's house. No, mm -hmm. damn it. Oh, well. <gasps> it was yes. Granny. It was Granny. It's Granny. Oh, I'm my God. <laughs> yes. Yes. There you go. I'll go along with that theory. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be so interesting, though. That would be really interesting. Oh, I really... I, okay, like, half of me really, really wants them to bring Alice back, but then the other half is like, I don't want them to screw it up, either. Like, you know, like if, what happened with Will? If Alice comes back, that means that saviors do get happy endings because she got one with, with yeah. genie. And I feel like See? this time uh. around it would be different because they really try to, like, insert Will at a time when, to be quite honest, they just mm -hmm. didn't have any time to develop the character. Exactly. And now that they're doing, like, the, Which is very the true. character approach where there isn't, like, the big mm -hmm. bad every ten episodes then they would have mm -hmm. much more time to develop. Yeah. Like a longer, yeah. Which I would be okay with if they, you know, take the time to really develop it. Um, yeah, but I don't think Alice is coming back. I mean, they did. To be quite honest. I just think yeah. if that is their house, because what you reported uh, during our spoiler palooza is that they filmed in a house that looked very much like Alice's, so... I think it was the same set. I mean, they reuse sets they a lot, so it could possibly just be them reusing it. But, you know, there's that little hope inside you that you want it yeah, to Yeah, maybe Alice's we'll house. see the white rabbit. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, they did, I will mention, I wasn't going to mention this, but they did mention someone, you know, said, you know, with Jafar back and all of that, um... Are we going to be getting anybody else from the Wonderland realm brought back this season? And they said that there were stories with Alice and Will that they did not get a chance to tell. 
Um, so they would love to do that if they're available. They would love to bring them back and work with that. Um, but, you know, they've said that in the past as well. So it's not like a guaranteed thing or anything. Uh, I'm going to cross my fingers, but I'm not holding out hope for it, to be honest. So I guess, I guess we will see. Um, moving on to some more guest characters who are going to be in the season. Um, yes, we will be seeing Aladdin and Jasmine in the first batch of episodes with a slightly larger arc planned for them for the rest of the season. Um, episode five, which is titled Street Rats, is going to be their backstory and it will be a different take on what the movie was. So we don't have to wait too long to get the backstory episode on Aladdin and Jasmine, which will be kind of exciting. I'm really excited to see it play out to be honest um so what about the Zelina and the evil queen's arc Zelina said in the episode you took out the side that's most like me and here we go here's the sister you always wanted um the evil queen is right in front of her that's what she's always wanted um that push and pull is going to be playing out in the next few episodes Zelina is a character who feels alone so we'll be seeing her kind of struggle with things and, uh, you know, deal with the fact that now she has a sister who is that side that she connects with the most, who is the evil side, um, side of things. Um, so I guess we'll see how that all plays out. Um, now regarding the whole Morpheus thing and the Rumbell baby, um, Regarding the actual birth of the baby, there is a timeline set out, and it will happen this season, and it's going to get intense, they said. But he will not be popping out as the, you know, the 28-year-old dude that we saw in the dream. That would be amazing. Um, though we will... Oh my god, please, no. Thank the lord that they confirmed that's not happening. <laughs> uh, we will be seeing the adult version of Morpheus, quote-unquote again um so that's not the last that we've seen of him um we've only just seen the beginning is what they quoted so we got we got that to look forward to um he's not bad on the eye so i'm kind of excited to see more of him um also side note they did a really good job casting him because he looks like a really like he looks like he could be their child mm -hmm. like not even kidding he looks so much like them and people i saw people even comparing him to like henry uh who he's i can't remember how henry's related to him at this point uh, um yeah but his nephew his nephew? nephew yeah that's right that's right nephew but he even looks like henry like they did a really good job casting him. So kudos. Wait, kudos would to the that be his nephew? Because isn't Rumpel his grandfather? So no, would... because Neil's Neil's Henry's fa Neil's Henry's father, and Neil would be his brother. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. Okay. Henry would be his mm -hmm. nephew. Sorry, I thought you were saying that he yeah. would be Henry's nephew. I'm like, that would not make sense. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. No. Henry is. Uh, his yeah, his uncle. So yeah. Mhm. Mm yeah. So yeah, there you go. But yeah, kudos to the casting department. They do such a good job, and they really, really did do a good job picking this guy out. Um. So that's it for the general spoilers and everything. We do have a press release mm -hmm. for the next episode out already. 
and the promotional photos are out as well. So you can check those out by going to our Facebook page or going to my site as well. They're they're up there for you to see. Um, but here's the press release for the next episode, which is titled A Bitter Drought. And it was written by Andrew Chamblis and Dana Horgan. So here's what it says. When a mysterious man from the land of untold stories who has a past with the evil queen arrives in Storybrooke, David and Snow work together with Regina to neutralize the threat. Belle seeks Hook's help finding a safe place to hide away from her husband, Mr. Gold. The evil queen continues to try to win Zelina over to her side, while Emma resumes her therapy sessions with Archie and shares her terrifying vision of the future. Dun, dun, I like dun. it. <laughs> Lots of stuff happening. This is the episode with the Count of Monte Cristo, by the way. So you have that to look forward to. Ooh, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Down for this. But that's it for spoilers. But there, the ratings did come out as well for uh, last night's episode. And the episode got... A 1.2 in the ratings, which is steady with last year's finale, and it got 3.89 million viewers, which, you know, it, it was also Sunday's highest rated drama, or ABC's Sunday night's highest rated drama. So, I mean, that's pretty That's pretty good, especially for a show in its sixth season. That's pretty good. And Suck to it, be honest, Monaco. I, they, I know, what did they get? Like, only like a 1.1 or something? They mm-hmm. they got, it was pretty low. And I think Secrets and Lies got pretty low, too. Like, everyone did really bad. And people have been, it's mm, it's been really bad lately with ratings. So, seeing that they're at least steady with last season is really good. Um, consider, all things considered, so... Just keep watching live. Yes. Well, on that sobering note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, everybody. Good Good night. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybrook Weekly Mirror every Tuesday via iTunes and the Papichulo Radio archives. New episodes stream via papichuloradio.com every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. 
Good night.